0: Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. I thought that was going to be a little bit longer, but that's okay. (laughs) So how about them Padres, huh? Yeah! So good! It was exciting, right? Super exciting. And I could tell... Not my family, who lives in Los Angeles. (laughs) Kind of shouting at the screen, how did you miss that? (laughs) It was right there in your face. I hear sports fans all the time just exclaiming at referees and umpires, They get such a bad rap. They're expected to see everything and hear everything and know everything. And we, at the comfort of our living rooms with the big TVs and the DVRs where we can pause and we can go backwards and we can say, look, he got it wrong. His eyes are closed. He's as blind as a bat. How did he miss that? And then we implement the instant replay for the umpires and the referees to go back to. And in baseball, there's this graphical interface. We get to watch the ball at sometimes 101 miles an hour. I don't know how they pick this up, scream over the plate, and we get to see it in this beautiful grid. Our eyes are wide open and we're like, see, how did you miss that? Are your eyes open? Open them, for crying out loud. Even, even I'm guilty of that. You know, was that a football game with our middle schoolers? A couple of our middle schoolers are playing football, and and I want them to win. I do. I want them to win. I know it's not the end-all, be-all, but I I got caught up in the moment, and I remember going, Ref, that was a foul throw of the flag. Aren't you blind? And I thought, Oh Lord, my kids are watching. This is not good. What an example I'm setting. We have the privilege of that with sports today. The technology is out of this world, off the charts. And I think in our gospel reading this morning, as we look at John, we have that same kind of advantage where we can read and pause and then go back, and then sometimes even criticize and go, how did they not see? How did they not see it? It was right there. But we're standing from 2,000 years later on the shoulders of great giants and theologians who have helped us see the truth about who Jesus is. And last week, it's beautiful. You personally met the blind man. What a glorious moment that was for us as the church to meet him standing before you as he shared his story. He shared with you about the day he met Jesus. He was told to go to a pool of Siloam, Siloam, and, and, and mud, Jesus put mud on his eyes. It's just weird to think that Jesus spit in the dirt, made mud and put it on his eyes and told him to go wash. And you remember the moment where he washed his eyes, his washed his face, and he opened them. And the joy and the excitement and the exhilaration as his eyes start to come to focus and he starts seeing things that he's never seen before. He's seeing his hands and he's going, oh, what strong hands these are. And he's feeling the water as it's rushing through his hands and he keeps, keeps lapping it up because he's excited about what he's seeing for the first time. And Jesus heals him Physically. What a beautiful, beautiful scene that is for Jesus to heal him, and he tells us about all of the interrogations that he he gets to be a part of to some degree. The neighbors are like, "Who is this guy? He was this can't be the beggar that we've known for years." He's like, "It's me. I am him. I was the one at the gate." I was one heard your footsteps, and I recognize your voice. And then, the Pharisees and the religious leaders are following Jesus, and they're tracking him and trying to get him to stumble. And they call in the blind man, who was once blind but now can see. He just says, "Yeah, Jesus is the one who healed me. He made mud, put it on my eyes, I washed." I've already told you the story. You want to tell you it again? So that you can become his disciples? And they're like, oh no, Jesus is a sinner. He's like, oh, I I don't know. Jesus must be at least a prophet. To have the hand of God on him. To be the son of God. There's got to be something special about him. He can't just be a sinner because God wouldn't listen to sinners. You know that. You're the religious leaders. You're the teachers. You know that. Oh, man, he was was overjoyed to be able to see the people now face to face. When we pick up our our narrative, after he gets thrown out, he gets called a sinner. And he's like, they, they throw him out of the temple and the synagogue. They're like, you get out. You're going to confess and profess to Jesus? No, you don't belong here. And we pick up our narrative in John chapter 9. If you've got your Bible with you, I invite you to open it to chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 35. And as I read the text, remember, we have the advantage of pausing, rewinding. We have the advantage of fast forward we have the advantage of hindsight it's 2020 we can see hear the word of our lord oh wait i was going to ask you to think about a question that's right uh, as we as i read through this i want you to see if you can identify who you relate to most where do you find yourself in this short narrative is there parallels in your life Do you see yourself in this moment? So I think that's John's, the author John, one of his goals for you and I to see ourselves in this narrative. Hear the word of God Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you now. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he bowed down and worshiped Jesus. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those Who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you see, your guilt remains. Do you see yourself in the narrative? Do you see yourself as any one of those characters in the narrative that John unpacks for us? As we stop and rewind, there's a couple of things that we need to be aware of. First, Jesus says to the blind man, you see me. Remember, He didn't know what Jesus looked like. Jesus told him to go wash his face, and then Jesus left. We don't have the account that says the once blind man came back and found Jesus. No. What does it tell us? Jesus found him. He had known and realized and heard that this man was outcast was shunned from his own community, was forsaken. And Jesus wanted more than physical healing in this man's life. And the beautiful thing about Jesus wanting physical healing is that that too is available to us. Physical healing. And I realize I'm, I might be on thin ice here because there are so many of us in this room who are praying deeply and meaningfully for physical healing. We want it in our lives. And we want to see miracles in the world. But let me tell you, this summer I heard several miracles in this sanctuary and in the parish hall. If you had the opportunity to be a part of Island Nights, oh, what a glorious week. We ate together, we laughed together, we played together, we made crafts together. We heard from one of our missionaries story after story after story of miraculous healings, even very, very personal ones, where we're told that his own son was brought back to life. It was a miracle. He'd fallen into a tub of water head first and they didn't know how long he was in this tub. And when they pulled him out, he wasn't breathing. And they began praying for a miracle, for physical healing. Jesus healed this little boy. That he was here with us, running around the campus, playing and enjoying life to the fullest in the family of God. You might be praying for healing and know that Jesus is the great physician who can heal and wants to heal, but sometimes our healing is not this side of eternity, but sometimes our healing comes in the presence of the Almighty God. And what a joyous day that will be when all the aches and pains, I know I'm starting to feel more of them as I get older. I can't keep up with the middle schoolers as much as I'd like to. And if you know Vicky, she's, man, she's a lightning bolt. Man, she's just joined our middle school team and she's running around and then at the end, she goes, oh man, this is hard. And I'm like, I, I, I couldn't keep up with you and uh, you're keeping up with them and my body is just breaking down. And our bodies break down as a reminder that there is sin in the world and it is not what God intended. It is not what God intended for us. That death and dying was so far from God's mind for us. That in the garden, God wanted us to be in relationship and we were. And God still wants us to be in relationship with him. And I want you to know that in this narrative, John is clearly telling us Jesus is the healer. Not just physically, but also spiritually. Jesus heals this blind man spiritually. His eyes are open that he can see the good Lord Jesus face to face. As Jesus says to him, you see me. Oh, what a beautiful sight for, for the once blind man to see. For the man to see the Lord and Savior face to face that he was thrown out of the temple and one church father or, or theologian says this, he says, he was thrown out of the temple to be found by the Lord of the temple. And in our hurt and in our sorrows, we're looking just like he is, the blind man, the once blind man, for Christ to come into our life and to come into our midst and to give us healing, to hear us, to find us. And I promise you that God is ever present. Just as he was here, he is here and now present in our midst. Don't let the enemy fool you. You are not forsaken. You are not forgotten. You are dearly and deeply loved by God. Jesus heals this man spiritually. Isn't that our story? Isn't that our story too? That we were in darkness at one point until God opens our eyes Do you see the parallel in his life and in your life playing out? At first, the once blind man could only say Jesus was a man. Then he confessed, Jesus must be a prophet. And then finally he says to the question, do you believe in the son of man? And he says, I believe. And he bows down and worships. Isn't that our story? That Jesus reveals himself to us and it is a beautiful progression. I don't know about you, but my story is not the profound, I was once blind, but now I see. It was not the, I was rescued from the muck and the mire. I cannot remember a time where I was, outside of the family of God because of my parents. And God bless them for loving me well and for teaching me the precepts, for teaching me God's ways, for putting me on the straight and narrow, but that doesn't mean it's a golden ticket for me. Jesus continues to reveal himself to me each and every day the more I see Jesus, the greater he becomes in my life. And the more I see Jesus, the more I depend on him every single day. And I think we see that clearly in the story of this blind man, this moment, this narrative. (laughs) So fun to think about all of the conversations that go on about... (laughs) All the theologians in the world having powerful debates. Uh, wait, who opened the man's eyes? Was it God? Or, uh, I mean, is this, is this God opened his eyes? Or did, did the blind man choose Jesus? I mean, how did this work exactly? And all the blind man says is, I was once blind, but now I see. I'm going to let God work out that theological debate. The church has been trying to work it out for thousands of years, and we're still not settled on it yet. But the best part about all of this is that Jesus heals physically and Jesus opens my eyes spiritually that I can see. Do you believe that? Because Jesus came to save those who are lost, those who are broken. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. He came to set the Prisoners free. That was Jesus' mission. And through God's grace, through God's mercy, through God's love, we can see. Can you see? Can you see Jesus? Do you see yourself in this story? I hope so, because we have reflected the story in our own worship this morning. We've come into the presence of God. We've had a moment of meditation and silence to to settle our hearts, to recognize whose presence we are in. And then we fall down and confess and say, Lord, forgive me, open my eyes, open my ears, soften my heart. And we receive the assurance of pardon that claims us as God's children. But there are those in the world that don't see Jesus and their eyes are closed. They're blind. They can't see Jesus. And some of the more difficult verses I've wrestled with in the last several months are these When Jesus says, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who will see become blind. And the Pharisees who were there with him heard him say this and asked, what are we blind too? And Jesus says, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you see, your guilt remains. Jesus sees these religious leaders. He sees them in all of their Some might say pride and arrogance. Because they've studied the law, they know what they're looking for, and the one whom they're looking for is standing right in front of them, and they cannot see him. And the world is like that. The world cannot see Jesus the part that breaks my heart the most is I too see myself as the religious leader sometimes. I mean, I'm the one up here preaching. I'm the one teaching, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. So what makes me different? I think exactly that last statement, Lord have mercy for I am a sinner a humble heart that God opens my eyes that I might see how beautiful Jesus is and walk with him and be healed physically and healed spiritually. And the teachers of the law couldn't see it, but Jesus sees them. And sometimes, if I'm honest, I don't see them. Sometimes I don't see them and there are students who have run face to face with the church and have been hurt and want nothing to do with the church and it breaks my heart because I have not lived out God's grace and mercy and love in their lives that they are drawn to him. I have fallen short and so I say, Lord, forgive me And the church has much to learn about how Jesus responds to everyone, especially the blind man who's lost and outcast and excommunicated and pushed aside. He goes and he finds him. There are so many students who need to be found. There are people in your life who need to be found by Jesus and you might be the only Jesus they see. So I pray, I hope, that the Jesus they see in you is the true, genuine, life-giving, physically healing spiritually healing savior that we cling to today. There are so many levels and layers to this passage. The light and the darkness, the movement from light to darkness as the blind man sees our movement from the, from the darkness into the light and then our reflection of the light that we carry with us each and every day into the world. I love it. As we walk out the sanctuary, it says, go forth to serve just as Jesus came to serve and not to be served. Someone said this to me this week. You believe in servant leadership? Yeah well then, why do you get upset when you're treated like a servant? Oh, right. Thanks for that reminder. That is the life we're called into because we have been healed spiritually and we can see. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for opening our eyes Thank you for being a God who loves us unconditionally. Thank you for being a God who opens the eyes of the blind, who sets the captives free, who loves and loves and loves and loves. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. My charge and my challenge for you is this. We have stopped and paused and rewound for the last three sections of chapter nine. My charge and my challenge for you is to not do that. Read the chapter nine from beginning to end. Do you see yourself? And has God opened your eyes to see? To see one, Jesus as a man. A man who can open eyes and heal. If he was just a man, yes, isn't he just uniquely gifted as a man? And in any gallery of heroes, he would be counted. If he were just a man, if he were just a prophet, Prophet is someone who hears and brings God's message to people. He is close to God. And if we listen to the prophet who he is, I think this world would be so different if everyone listened and heeded his teaching. I think all personal and social and national and international problems would be solved. If we listen to Jesus as a prophet, he is a man, fully man and fully God. He is a prophet. He is a priest. He is our high priest. He is the Son of the Most High God. He is God incarnate. Can you see him? The closer you get to Jesus, the greater he becomes, the more we can see his radiant glory. I invite you to come and see, can you see him? If you can, all God's people who can said, amen.